Welcome to The Trip Lab, kitchen table conversations about integrative medicine and psychedelics. I'm your host and resident physician, Dr. Mariella Wood. All right, welcome to the very first episode of The Trip Lab. So I thought I would use this first episode as an introduction, both about myself and how I got into integrative medicine and psychedelics, and what exactly I plan on doing with this podcast. So first, a little background on me. I grew up in California, received a Bachelor's of Science in Biology from Point Loma Nazarene University in San Diego. Then I went to the Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine for medical school and actually started my career out in general surgery. I completed a year of general surgery residency at Danbury Hospital. And during that year, I realized pretty quickly that I wanted more out of medicine and life than the surgery lifestyle offers. So ultimately, I switched into family medicine, and I am currently a resident at West Suburban Medical Center. My program is an inpatient-based family medicine program, so we do a lot of ICU or critical care medicine, and that really allowed me to reflect a lot about how we come to decide what is the standard of care, what decisions we make for our patients in the hospital, which ultimately led to a deeper examination of how we do research and change our clinical practice from the published literature. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Why are we okay saying that drugs like Trulicity, quote-unquote, protect against cardiovascular events, while telling our patients that taking a supplement like red yeast rice probably isn't going to do a whole lot? If we look at the studies, the studies published about Trulicity, they show us that statistically you would need to treat 350 people with Trulicity to prevent one cardiovascular event and cardiovascular event means a heart attack or stroke or something like that. When you look at the data about, let's say, for example, red yeast rice, you would only need to get 22 people to start taking the red yeast rice to prevent one of them from having a cardiovascular event. So my point is not that Trulicity isn't good, and it's a great option. It's a medication that we use to treat people with diabetes, and then it has this added cardioprotective effect. But my point is that a lot of these quote-unquote alternative practices actually have far greater protection than some of our pharmaceuticals. But our system allows the pharmaceutical companies to advertise, quote, this medication prevents heart attacks, which it does, but they don't reveal how much it actually does prevent them. So in the case of Trulicity, you would need to treat 350 people before one person actually is prevented from having a heart attack. Also, along the same line, I just want to bring up another point about what we know about how medications work. Take Tylenol, for example. Still to this date, we actually do not know how Tylenol works. We know that it treats pain, we know that it reduces fever, but we actually don't know how it does that. We also know that it can cause life-threatening liver damage if you take too much, and yet Tylenol, one of the most common medications, is still sold over-the-counter freely available to anyone who wants to buy it. At the same time, the idea of taking herbal tea is considered, you know, dangerous because we actually don't know how it works. So just because we don't understand something doesn't mean that it doesn't work. Also, on the other hand, doesn't mean that it's not harmful. So diving into the studies and actually looking at the outcomes from a clinical perspective is what has driven me towards integrative medicine. Integrative medicine, to put shortly, is evidence-based, 
quote-unquote alternative medicine. It's taking those treatments and practices from around the world like Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, psychedelics, and studying them and finding out what actually works, what doesn't, and incorporating that into the medicine that we learn in medical school. It's not only prescribing yoga, but it's integrating practices from around the world into our practice here. Psychedelics are a sector of this rapidly developing field. And to me, my personal interest in psychedelics stems from the neuroscience that I think is absolutely fascinating. And the results of the studies that are being published are honestly incredible. So take, for example, smoking cessation. So our traditional treatments, like Chantix, have about a 35% success rate after six months. Recent studies looking at using psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, shows an 80% success rate after six months. So there's still more studies that need to be done, but we can't deny the data that it's been published already. So ultimately with this podcast, with the Trip Lab, I want to help people understand what integrative medicine is and how we can incorporate those traditional healing practices from around the world into our current medical practice. So I want to take all of these treatments and practices that people talk about on blogs and social media and actually break them down and find out what works and what doesn't. To do this effectively in podcast form, I'm going to have three different episode formats. First, in classic podcast style, will be guest interviews. So we will be bringing on people who are experts and leaders in their field to get their take and advice on everything, from ketamine for depression to acupuncture for migraines. I'm going to find people who are leading the way in these integrative medicine treatments and sit down and have a conversation with them. Second, I'm going to do deep dive episodes. So these are going to be episodes where I will usually be solo by myself like I'm talking to you now, and I'm going to do a deep dive into the literature on a specific topic and summarize it for you. Last, I'm going to have segments called Kitchen Table Medicine, where I'm going to sit down with colleagues or friends or family over a delicious meal, food is medicine, as they say, and talk about anything and everything. The reason I wanted to do this segment is because I have found that far too many of my friends and family ask me their medical questions that they don't want to ask their doctor for fear of judgment or embarrassment. And this needs to change. And this is also where you, dear listeners, can come in. I want you to submit questions that you might have, and we'll talk about them and answer them for you on the podcast. So, with that introduction to me in the podcast, I do want to dive a little bit deeper into evidence-based medicine and what that means, particularly when it comes to integrative medicine and, of course, psychedelics, which is going to be a big part of this podcast. It's important in all areas of life, but especially in medicine, to question why we do the things that we do. Why do we prescribe metformin for diabetes? Why do we prescribe maintenance inhalers for people who have COPD? Theory just does not cut it when it comes to impacting someone's life. We need hard evidence and proof that these drugs and treatments we are prescribing will treat the ailments and not cause harm. That means that the most important skill a doctor can have is to be able to read, understand, and synthesize information coming from a study, and then determine if the outcomes from that study are actually significant enough to change their practice and the advice they give to their patients. This rigorous approach that we take to research allows us to make these determinations. However, the process is flawed. 
It is the best we have at the moment, but it's flawed, and I want to explain why. When a study is published, a schnazzy title is chosen, and oftentimes that is the only sentence that the majority of the world reads. That is what makes the headlines and newspapers without an examination of what the data is actually showing in that study. Then, when you really look into the data and read the study and see what it shows, it may or may not prove the points that is claimed in the title. Most of the time it does, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily clinically significant. So, for example, a lot of studies look at whether a specific treatment caused a quote-unquote reduction in morbidity and mortality, which means reducing complications of disease or reducing death itself, preventing death. Side note on that, I personally believe that health should be about much more than just prolonging life, but a discussion for another day. So these studies might show a, quote, statistically significant decrease in mortality. But that statistically significant reduction can be a 2% reduction. So what does a 2% reduction in death actually mean in reality? More than that, to get that number and to account for any extenuating factors affecting the study, we use exclusion criteria, which means that we exclude a large number of people from the study because they have other medical conditions like heart failure or diabetes or whatever it may be for that specific study that may or may not impact the success of the treatment. The problem with that is that every person has a different combination of medical conditions, weight, lifestyle, etc. So when you exclude people, you narrow down the clinical significance of the result. Now, we have to do this because then we can actually prove that this drug does actually reduce mortality. But then the problem with that is how do we correlate that to other populations, to other people who may have heart failure and whatever this treatment is trying to treat? Unfortunately, nothing in medicine, and life for that matter, is one size fits all. Another peculiar example, let's look at statin-induced myopathy. So statins, an example being a torvastatin, are drugs that we use to treat people with high cholesterol to prevent them from having a stroke or a heart attack. Now, it is well known that a major side effect of taking a statin is something that we call statin-induced myopathy. So 10% of patients will develop severe muscle damage and need to be taken off statins permanently. So this is a well-established side effect, and every board exam that I have taken to date has had a question about that statin-induced myopathy. However, recent literature has shown us that statins do not actually cause that myopathy. Even though doctors still statistically see about 10% of their patients develop this muscle damage. So what does that mean? Are we wrong? Were we wrong all along? If we are, what was causing that myopathy that didn't occur in our patients not taking statins? Ultimately, I don't know the answer, but my point is that evidence-based medicine is flawed. It's the best that we have, but it's flawed. Now, bringing this to integrative medicine. So, we talked about the downfalls of the approach that we currently take. Then, if we take this approach and apply it to medicine or treatments that have less tangible effects, like, for example, the effect of mindfulness meditation to reduce anxiety, how do we know that they're actually practicing the mindfulness meditation correctly? How do we define stress? There are ways to do it, but it's not as straightforward as studying a drug. Then take, for example, herbal supplements. 
Each herb has hundreds of molecules, some active, some not, that are theoretically working in synergy to alter the body in one way or another to treat whatever people are intending to treat with it. This adds a whole new layer of complicated because we are used to studying one drug with one active ingredient at a time. All this to say, we need to be more rigorous with our approaches, and we need to take everything into a bigger picture and clinical context. I don't want to leave you with a negative view of evidence-based medicine, but I do want you to understand the flaws in the system so we can take into account everything when it comes to reading studies. And honestly, this is where medicine becomes both a science and an art, and this is what makes being a doctor beautiful. We use our scientific lens to read and analyze the research, and then we look at the big picture of each patient as a whole, mind, body, and spirit. Medicine should be more than just treating one body system at a time with one drug. It should be about promoting health, which means many different things to many different people. Prolonging life is not our only job as doctors. Our job is to help people get the most out of their life. And our part is to keep the body healthy enough to let the mind and the spirit flourish. So if all of this is something that you might be interested in, Take this journey with me as we explore medicine from a different approach, diving deep into integrative medicine and psychedelics. So thank you for listening to the very first episode of The Trip Lab. I'm open to any feedback that you may have, and I would love to hear from anyone that's listening. We'll talk next time. Thanks.